The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Welcome in Jesus' name. For those attending the God Will Again service for the first time, um, God is in this place already. If you know that, shout hallelujah. 
totally. Don't wait for any particular time. Dive in. Reach out your faith and touch God. The river is flowing. With us in the New Testament, after Jesus died and resurrected, before he died and resurrected, in the pool of Shiloam, it is the first to enter that gets healed. When Jesus died and rose again, it is whosoever will may come. Praise the name of the Lord. I think we should give the Lord a brief, exciting um, clap. So God works with us instantly, silently, and completely. God will deliver noiseless results in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. So focus on God and God alone. On God and God alone. We welcome everyone joining us over the internet. And um, today we are in part three of the series, which is the main part actually, Changing Destinies for Good. that God is going to change your destinies for good. In the mighty name of Jesus. We started by looking at the story of Jacob and Esau. And we looked at how God, even though Jacob was blessed. He had cattle, he had sheep, he had wealth. God still needed to change his destiny for good. So we explained that this one thing to be blessed is another thing to fulfill your destiny. There are a lot of people, they are blessed like Jacob, 
but there's a comma somewhere, there's a K-leg somewhere. They, they are not fulfilling their destinies. Today, God will release you your destinies in the mighty name of Jesus. And we, we, we explained that God changed his name, and we, we moved from there um, to, to look at why God, why there was contention in the first place. And we looked at the blessing, and, and, and we explained that God's blessing upon us is, is threefold. There's the blessing of productivity. There's a the blessing of influence. And there's a the blessing of spiritual protection. If God makes you productive and gives you influence and you don't have spiritual protection, is a formula for suicide. Because the, the world is a, is a wicked place. You don't need to offend anybody. When someone says, oh, I will not trouble anybody, the devil will just leave me alone. That's not how it works. In fact, the enemy wants you to be ignorant of his devices. But all his devices in your life will come to nothing in Jesus' name. So we, we, and we now look at the, the thing that, that tries to really draw people back mainly is curses, you know, and we, we unpacked it, and, and God broke all our curses. Our adventure, there's still one or two left today. They will be broken totally in the mighty name of Jesus. Our God is a God of automation, if you will. God is a God of automation. God, for instance, made the heavens and the earth and automated the system, put the system in place so that the planets are rotating, there's a solar system, there are galaxies. I mean, God just put things in place to work and produce for themselves. So when God said to man, be fruitful and multiply, God has released everything that pertains to fruitfulness. And man is destined to be successful. I mean, you need to understand and accept that. Man is destined to be successful. God said to man, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. Man's destiny is dominion. You are designed to be successful. If man is not successful, he's not in line with what he was created for. And you need to get that. Don't explain it away. Just accept it. Praise the name of the Lord. And to be destined for something just means to be programmed from the onset to a particular destination. It's like a, like a GPS. If you've, if you've driven the GPS before, before you start going, you, you just put the address right and you, and you press go. And the GPS is destined to take you to that destination. So when you are destined for greatness, God has programmed you for greatness. There are missiles today that are destined for a particular target. When they are launched, they should avoid every other obstacle until they hit their target. 
Google is releasing self-driven cars. Cars that don't need drivers. Just put where you are going and sit down and begin to read this paper. <laughs> it will work in Lagos. <laughs> Say amen. <laughs> have faith, have faith. Now, it, it, it means <laughs> to work in Lagos. I just remember some downfall stunts <laughs> and Okada stunts. The car will say, can you take me back to America? Now, it means two things. It means that, and you need to get this. It means you are set in the right direction when you are destined for greatness. When God destined you for success. It means you are set in the right direction. That's number one. Number two, it means everything you need to get there is programmed into you. Everything you need to get there is programmed into you. So you say, but pastor, so how come? It's as if I'm not in the right direction. Or it's as if I, I don't have all it takes. That's why you are here today. Praise the name of the Lord. God destined man to succeed. So, the fact that someone is destined to get somewhere doesn't mean he or she will get there. The fact that you've programmed a car to take you to Aja does not mean that an Okada guy will not cross the car. Does not mean that maybe if you're an Okada driver, no offense, a downfall driver will not, if you're a downfall driver, no offense. It doesn't mean a trailer driver will not try it. A trailer driver, no offense. It doesn't mean that there will not be factors that will try to hinder that destiny. But I prophesy today that you will get to your divine destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. So destiny is can be derailed and grounded. Destinies can be derailed and grounded. To think that that is not possible is to be, is to be I mean, naive. Destinies can. That is why you have to be serious about your destiny. You have to be serious about your life. The fact that God has programmed you to get somewhere is not automatic. But again, I'm saying to you today that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your destinies will not be derailed and it will not be grounded. And God will give you the grace to say amen. Amen. You know, like I was explaining in one of the videos that the enemy, one one, one key thing that the enemy does really is that when he knows that he has not been able to stop, he's trying to discourage you to come to church. He's trying to do many things. Somehow he has failed. You are here. The next thing he will say is, when they release a blessing, keep quiet. You know what amen means? So be it. You are agreeing with God. And you are saying, this is so in my life. And so shall it be. Amen. So that's what blessings does. It sets you in the right direction and it empowers you to get there. Blessings 
sets you in the right direction, and what? Empowers you to get there. Curses do the opposite. They try to put you in the wrong direction, and if you insist to be on the right direction, they try to empower you not to get there. But like I said, every curses that are outstanding will be broken today. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, when God wants to change a destiny, he breaks the curses and releases a blessing. The curses have been broken, the blessings will be released. He removes the evil reinforcement. It changes the direction and it he now empowers you to get there. And the truth is, some destinies are blessed already. I mean, thank God for you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> As if you're in the right direction and you're empowered. But you see, like the GPS, sometimes you need to update your maps. Sometimes there's road construction in front. You need to take another route, but you will get to that destination. Sometimes you need to refuel the gas. Sometimes you need to renew the empowerment. And it's so important that we understand that this is how the spiritual works. That's just how it works. That's how the spiritual works. And when God Wants to change the, bless, the destiny, he releases a blessing, right? He breaks the curse and releases the blessings. Guess where he releases the blessing? Every time when God wants to change the, a destiny, he releases the blessing at the foundation. That was the foundation. God visits the foundation of your life. Today, God will visit the foundation of your lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. The foundation is so important in any structure. So important. The engineers will tell us there's something wrong with the foundation. The building is compromised. You cannot fix a foundational problem with a coat of paint. You cannot fix a foundational problem with new curtains. You can't change a ceiling and thereby fixing a foundational problem. For you to fix a foundational problem, you have to go to where? The foundation. It's not only from a structural standpoint, even from a spiritual standpoint. Psalm 119, Psalm 11, sorry, verse 3. Psalm 11, verse 3 says, says to us, the popular scripture, that if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? In other words, if the foundation is destroyed, you can plead the blood of Jesus from today till tomorrow. You need to revisit the foundation. And which one totally excited this morning? Because God has chosen to revisit our foundations. 
and make all the necessary corrections. So, foundations are going to be revisited. And the cornerstone of the foundation of every life and endeavor is covenant. Write it down. The cornerstone. The cornerstone. So covenants are the cornerstones on which the foundation of life and endeavors are built. The cornerstone of every foundation of life. Just stay with me. An endeavor is built on covenant. When God, in the beginning, when he made Adam and Eve, he established a covenant. This is what is going to happen. This is your responsibility. These are your boundaries. He established a covenant. When a marriage is about to start, what happens? What happens at the foundation of the marriage? There's an exchange of vows. Two vows coming together is a covenant. When a business is about to start, they say you need to go and register it at CAC. You need to look at the share structure. You need to set up the covenants. When two businesses want to come together, at the foundation, you need to set up like if it's going to be a JV or whatever the arrangement is going to be. At the foundation, at the cornerstone of every foundation of life is what? Covenant. Now, amazingly, a lot of Christians don't even know that. So how do you deal with foundational issues if you don't even know that the, the cornerstone is covenant? So if God can sort out the issues that pertain to covenants, Largely, God will have sorted out your foundation. Praise the name of the Lord. When man fell, and God needed to sort, man, man, Jesus, I mean, Adam, Eve, they messed up the foundation, and God needed to, to fix the foundation. He sent Jesus to shed his blood and create a new covenant. as a cornerstone to that foundation. Even God says, I can't patch man. I can't put a new coat of paint on him. And he'll be fixed. He has a foundational problem. And God had to send Jesus. There are foundations that you need to revisit. And those foundations are built on covenants. And some are covenants of God that has been neglected. Some are covenants of the enemy that we have imbibed. They will be fixed today. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, 
a foundational problem. Spray it 10 layers of, of paint. It can't fix a foundational problem. And your foundation largely determines what you can carry. Your foundation determines what? What you can carry. What you can carry. Buildings. What kind of building is going to go up depends on what kind of foundation has gone down. Bridges, same thing. What kind of vehicles are going to go on, those, on the bridge determines what kind of foundation is going to go. It's a third Milan bridge. I mean, imagine the amount of foundation that went into that place. Your foundation determines what you can carry. The reason a lot of people have not been able to shoulder great things is because they have weak foundations. The reason some people cannot carry certain level of breakthroughs financially, maritally, in ministry, surprisingly, sometimes, is because something is wrong with the foundation. So when you want to carry something that is bigger than your foundation, what happens? Today, God will revisit your foundation in the mighty name of Jesus. So what you will be able to shoulder depends on how solid your foundation is, even spiritually. What you will be able to shoulder, even maritally. That's why some people, marriage is crumbled. Why? Foundational issues. They, they, They cannot carry it. They can't carry it. Some people get jobs, they can't hold the jobs. Why? Foundational issues, they can't carry it. Some people, they are doing well as long as they are just getting 100K breakthroughs. But as soon as they hit the tens of millions, they almost run mad. You know why? They can't carry it. Some people, it's just tens of millions of naira. That's fine. As soon as they begin to eat hundreds of millions of naira, trouble comes. They can't carry it. Some people, it's just the hundreds of millions of naira. By the time they begin to hit tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, what happens? I'm praying today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that the faulty foundation that has prevented you from carrying the weight of your destiny, that God will fix them now. In the mighty name of Jesus. So foundations are, are, are not strong enough to carry major breakthroughs. They're not. Educationally, they're not strong enough. They're, they're weak. That's why that's, it, it appears that certain people, when they have certain kind of foundations, the same problems. It's like similar stuff happening. Why? Because some foundations are cracked. They are good foundations, but they are cracked. Because some foundations... I've been tampered with. God was telling me, there are some people here, their foundations have been tampered with in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God will remove that tampering hand and correct that foundation in the mighty name of Jesus. Some foundations are not properly laid. 
they are not properly, the reason the marriage is shaking is because the foundation was not properly laid. The reason you are struggling in your business, the foundation is not properly laid. Your finances is, sh- is shaking. Your foundation is not properly laid. The reason you can't carry that weight ministerially because the foundation is not properly laid. And some foundations are not only cracked, tampered with, not properly laid, they are outrightly evil. Totally, outrightly evil. Everyone that has been carrying around evil foundations, God in his mercy will change that foundation today. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, and the truth about evil foundations is that evil foundations can legally contend with God's plan for your life. Some Christians are surprised about that. An evil foundation can legally contend with God's plan for your life, even though you are saved. I'm not saying it will win. It won't win in Jesus' name. But it can legally contend for it. It can say the covenant was broken here and challenge God. The body of Moses, Satan challenged God. He broke the covenant. The foundation was destroyed. This body belongs to me. And the angel said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord of hosts rebuke you. And God prevailed. God will prevail in your case. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. He will. Because the awesome news is this. Life's foundation can be corrected. I mean, hallelujah. It can be corrected. The fact that you have a faulty foundation is not the end of your life. If you will cooperate with God, life foundation can be corrected. Take the case of Gideon. Judges 6. I encourage you to read Judges 6 when you get home. When you get home, when you are listening to this message again, you know, just read Judges 6. I encourage you to listen to this message again. (laughs) Judges 6. Gideon struggled with with an evil foundation. And a couple of things jumped out at us from Judges 6. I mean, the first is this. Your current foundation is not an indication of what God has in mind for you. Your current foundation is not an indication of your destiny. The angel said to Gideon, Oh, mighty man of war. Gideon said, Who are you talking to? Uh, we that we have been suffering since. Well, leave me alone, no. God is speaking to people here. He has been speaking to you from the beginning of this fast. He's been telling you how great is your destiny is. And you are looking at your foundation. And you're like, can this... Maybe pastor just, just wants us to be happy. Like Gideon, you're contending with the prophetic. And you're saying, oh, how can this be? We are hiding. We are trashing with um, in, in close places. And you are calling us great men. 
Never look at your faulty foundation to determine your divine destiny. Don't look at your faulty foundation. Yes, it's faulty. But what God has said is superior. Gideon couldn't see himself because of his wrong foundation. He couldn't see himself. The angel was saying, you're a great man of valor. Gideon says, eh, who? Can't be me. He couldn't see himself. Gideon's foundation could not carry the weight of his assignment. He had an assignment as a judge, as a deliverer, but his foundation could not carry it. His foundation could not carry it, and God corrected it. God will correct your foundation. But Gideon made a mistake, which a lot of us, some people try to make. And God is saying, don't don't make the mistake. And that is raising, he was trying to raise a holy foundation on top of a faulty foundation. And raising a holy foundation upon an evil one can be limiting and dangerous, can be very dangerous. Gideon was trying to raise an altar. He was trying to raise a holy foundation on top of a faulty foundation. And God said, no, 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 no. You need to go and destroy the faulty foundation first. Case in point, Moses, same thing. In Exodus 3, God has just appeared to Moses in the burning bush and told him, I am, I sent you. Fantastic revelation. Put your stick down and it became a snake. Pick it up back, back to the stick. Your, I mean, awesome, awesome miracles. And Moses was going to go and deliver Israel from Egypt on a faulty foundation. He was trying to build a golden one on an evil one. And the Bible says, just one chapter after Exodus 4, God was going to kill Moses. I mean, look at that. God, God just told, said to Moses, go and deliver my people. Then God went to waylay him on the way and tried to kill him. I mean, how does, how does that even add up? So what was going on there? Simple. There was a foundational issue with Moses' children. They were not circumcised. And because they were not circumcised, the foundation of that family was faulty, as it were. You cannot begin. God has given you a manage. You want to run with it. God says, wait. You need to deal with with the faulty foundation. Then his wife took a sharp stone, circumcised the boys, and says, oh, you're a bloody husband unto me, because she really doesn't understand God. Because circumcision is the sign of the covenant. So what am I saying today? There are people in this place, yes, you have a legitimate assignment. Yes, you have a legitimate curse. Yes, you are revving your engines you want to fire on. But God is saying to you, you cannot build a good foundation on an old evil foundation. You have to destroy the old one first. And that's what you're going to do today. Then you can be released to the new one. So so knowledge is, is, is powerful. Knowledge brings freedom. Knowledge is so powerful. 
You can't be bigger than your, your level of knowledge. Is you, as far as you know, that is as far as you can go. So we say, we've said that covenants are the cornerstones on which the foundation of life and endeavors are built. And when, wants, when God wants to change your destiny for good, he visits the foundation of your life. So it means he begins to deal with covenant issues. Covenant issues. So there are three types of covenants you need to be aware of and check if they exist. Some of them, don't, <laughs> you need to destroy them. Some of them, you need to reinforce them. Some of them, you need to recreate them. The first, are you ready for this? It's covenant between God and man. The second, covenant between man and man. The third, covenant between man and Satan. The first, covenant between God and man. In Genesis 17, God outlined his covenant with Abraham. He says, when Abraham was 99 years old, and again, it, some of us, we think we are too old. Oh, time has passed. Abraham was 99. Are you 99 yet? God can still start afresh with you. Praise the name of the Lord. He can. He says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee. Ah. The covenant guarantees God's goodness. I will guarantee to you count to you, what's that? Your countless descendants, I think. At this, I guarantee to give you, okay, sorry. Countless descendants. At this, Abraham fell face down on, his, on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you, God and man. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will, you see, you can see that again. When God wants to change destinies for good, sometimes names get in the way. Some people, okay, let me stay on course. It will no longer be Abraham. Instead, you will be called Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations. And kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you Amen. from generation to generation. Amen. 
This is an everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. If you are anti-Semitic, I'm sorry for you. The nation of Israel is not a nation to hate to. I don't know what their international policies is. I'm not approving it. And I'm not saying they are doing right or wrong. I'm just saying I love Israel. <laughs> God says if you bless those that bless, if you curse those that curse them, ah, me, I want that blessing. You would have a part of it, and you are a part of it also. I just need to say that. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, your responsibility is to obey the terms of this covenant. Every covenant has a responsibility. You and your descendants have this continual, everybody say continual, continual responsibility. The covenant between God and man. shows us that there's a God part and there's a man part. Many times, the problem is we have broken his covenant. And when you break a covenant, you are destroying a foundation. There are some people in this place, your parents, have walked with God. Now listen to me very carefully. Your parents have walked with God. The ones that are alive, it is in your interest to go and sit them, them down and ask them, what have you negotiated with God? It's in your interest. Some of you, your parents have passed on, but they have covenanted some things with God. If you break them, Trouble starts. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So a child of Joshua now says he's not going to serve God. What's going to happen? It's going to be catastrophe. Why? Because the foundation has been altered. And many times, when God establishes a covenant, we, we try to rationalize. I'm, 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 I'm moving very fast now. We, we try to rationalize and, and to say, like, like Abraham, you know, that his response to God was that, oh, you make me a father of many nations. Oh, at 99. Let Ishmael live before you, oh God. You know, the other was, just manage this Ishmael. The faulty foundation that I have helped you build. Since you were late, I showed you an example, oh God, how to produce a child. That was what Abraham was saying, if you read further. But God said, 
It's okay. I will bless Ishmael. Even though Ishmael is smelling. Ishmael. That's just a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. But he said, but in Isaac shall your seed be. In Isaac. Isaac was not born. Abraham was 99. In fact, Abraham exaggerated his age. He was 99. The Bible says he was 99. But when he was talking to God, he says, God, I'm 100. How can I have children? And I raised the girl. Ah, but they just say you're 99. <laughs> so, you know, they say, God, between 99 and 100, God can change the destiny. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't take your covenant with God for, don't joke with it. Look, let me tell you something I've said before. There are some things I cannot do. There are some things, interestingly, some pastors are doing. And it appears they are getting away with, if I try it, I'm gone. I know it. It's part of the covenant. Uh. And God is a covenant-keeping God. He's a covenant-keeping God. Stop comparing yourself with people. Your covenant with God is unique. Many times God is taking you somewhere, and that place is a great place, and he has put restrictions on you. And you want to be like Sister B. Meanwhile, Sister B is just going on two-story building. Meanwhile, you are going on 30-story building. You're saying, God, God, hurry up, hurry up. You are still doing foundation. There is a second floor, second story. God says, don't you know they are not going to pass there? You are going to 30. So I need to spend time with this foundation. I need to spend time. Don't joke with your consecration. Samson joked with his consecration with God. It cost him his eyes and his life. Don't joke with your consecration. So everybody, everybody in town is, 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 is babbing um, boy Alinko style. God, why am I the only one carrying Dada everywhere? I'm carrying Dada all around. In that dada is your covenant. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. There's a lot, but I need to go. I need to go. God deals with serious Christians by covenant. God deals with his children that are serious with covenant. Sometimes God is trying to establish a covenant with you, you are not even paying attention. And the milestones of greater heights 
are usually sealed with covenants. When God takes me to a higher level, there's usually a, a, you know, a fresh discussion. You know, you know this level, this is how it's going to be. This is what it's going to entail. I say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As long as you do your part, you can go to bed. It doesn't matter the enchantment against you. It doesn't matter what people are saying against you. As long as you do your part, you can go to bed. God will do his part. Praise the name of the Lord. (laughs) In Psalm 50 verse 5, God says, Bring my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. I was explaining to the governors of Wales this scripture yesterday. You cut covenant with God by sacrifice and sacrificial giving. You cut covenant with God by sacrifice. You know, fortunately, because we are so filled with consumerism, it's, it's, it's just many times we, we only think of what we can get. But when God tells you, God said to Abraham, give me your son, your only son, Isaac. Ah, I mean, this God, this guy waited for this boy now. And he tried. Then you promised, then you gave him the boy. Then the boy is now a teenager. You now said, that is what you want. Abraham said, Yes, sir. I pray that God, when God lays a demand on your Isaac, that you will say yes, sir. Ah. Abraham said yes, sir. And he didn't tell Mama Sarah. He quickly woke the boy and said, let's go before your mother wakes up. He said, Pastor, that's not in the Bible. I know. How do you know? Were you there? Think about it. Mama Sarah has waited 90 years to get a miracle baby. Then the husband said, one God told me to go and dumbo the boy. What will happen? Civil war immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Sarah will say, I prefer you sacrifice yourself. Don't you know? Let's go to that place. I will kill you for this, your God. My son, you are wasting your time. So, again, there are certain instructions God gives you. You don't confer with flesh and blood. You don't. Now, when, when, when Abraham had placed Isaac on the altar, he was going to sacrifice Isaac, and he lifted up his hands, and God stopped him. God says, now I know that you love me and you fear me. You are saying, but God, you are all knowing. You know I love you. You know I fear you. No, 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 no. God will prove your love. Many of us, we are depending on God's omniscience to know our love. God says, no, I'm depending on your sacrifice to know your love. Now I know that you love me. And the Bible says, now God swore, swore, because there was no greater. You know, when you want to swear, you have to swear by a greater authority. Because there was no greater, he swore by himself. And he said, in blessing, Abraham. 
I will bless you. That was what he was saying. He was sitting his head. I can imagine God. I mean, that was how I pictured it. Where God was with God was saying, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. Many times when God asks something of you, erroneously, we think God wants to take something from us. But when God asks something from us, he doesn't want to take from us, he wants to get something to us. When God asks something from you, he's not interested in what he can take from you. He's thinking of what he wants to get to you. And he's saying, let me check this foundation. If he can carry what is about to be released. Ah. Let's move on quickly. Covenant between men. Covenant between men. Joshua chapter 9. From verse 14, the word of God says, So the Israelites, I mean, Pastor Dami expanded on this more at the video. How the Gibeonites um, deceived Israel. So I'm just going to take it from there. I will assume you were at the video. Is that okay? So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made peace a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety. And the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. Three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. What was what, what, this all about? God has said he's going to give the children of Israel, the children of Abraham, the land. And it was coming to pass. So they were going to drive out everyone that lived in that place. And the Gibeonites, they knew that these guys are going to get to them soon in just three days from where they were. So they came, they pretended. They put dry bread, you know, moldy stuff, and they came. Oh, we are your servants. Where are you from? Oh, we have come from a far place. Eh... And so, what do you want? Oh, we just want, we've come to hail you. Be careful. When men just came to come to hail you. Uh, pastor, you are the best pastor in the world. My eyes opened up. <laughs> what do they want to? What do they? <laughs> we just come to hail you. Just come to hail you. Then, hail and go now. Eh, they let us sign a treaty. By that time, the Jews were beginning to feel important. We are being recognized in this territory. Let's sign a treaty so that we'll be at peace. And the Bible says they did not inquire of the Lord. Before you enter any agreement with any man, should I go on my knees? Please inquire of the Lord. Please, don't enter any agreement with any man without consulting God, even if it's your blood brother. You say, oh, pastor, we went to school together. I've known him for 20 years. 
What is God saying? What is God saying? Don't do it without clearing from God. Why? Any covenant you enter with any man outside of God's will will only put you in bondage. Will only put you in bondage. Oh, let us form a joint venture. Oh, ah, that's a good business idea. Are you wrong? Because you have seen the numbers. I said, what is God saying? What's God saying? They didn't inquire. By the time you get to Second Samuel 21, then they, you know, then, um, what's his name? Joshua. Now say, okay, since we cannot kill you, you'll be, you'll be carrying our bags, you'll be fetching water, you'll be cutting timber. They say, yeah, we like it. That one is better than death, you know? So we'll be carrying your load. Uh, uh, if you are carrying load of a guy, um, a guy is eating bread. One day we will eat bread. You understand? So they, they, they were fine with it, but it was an agreement. Now, by the time you get to Second Samuel 21 verse 1, it says, before this time, Saul said, this is Gibeonites. What's their usefulness? Get rid of them. By the time you got to this verse, the Bible says that there was famine during David's reign that lasted for how long? Three solid years of famine. So David stepped back. Every time you're experiencing a famine, always step back and check with God. Because it's not a part of the covenant. And inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said, This famine has come because of Saul and his family are guilty for murdering the Gibeonites. Saul, the king before David, killed the Gibeonites. David, the man after God's heart, God's own paddy paddy, was suffering for three years. Check the alliances your predecessors have made. Check. You say, okay, but pastor, ah, is it just between men? God honors agreements between men. You need to get that. Heaven honors agreement between men. That's why when a man opens his mouth and promises a lady to marry her, then you change your mind because you saw another Susie. Then you break her heart. There are people today, the reason for their toiling is simply that. Covenant breakers. And they think it doesn't matter. It, spiritually, it's working against you. You need to fix that faulty foundation. Heaven recognizes covenants between men. There's a woman in this place. You have a child for your husband. But you know it is not the 
child is not his child. So what do you do? I suggest you see, see us after sex. It's a very delicate matter, but there's a way out. There's a way out. But to keep quiet, it can destroy you. It can destroy you because the man is God we fight. Do you understand? So much. I need to go on. Marriage. <laughs> Maltreating your spouse in marriage. We hear the testimonies now of all the things. So let me finish by several. <laughs> Maltreating your spouse in marriage. You've, you've made a covenant in the presence of God before people. I will honor you. I will nourish you. I will cherish you all the days of our lives, and you slap her. You have toyed with the foundation. You have. I will forsake all other men, and I will cleave unto you, you are in the bed with your husband and you are having a sex chat with another man. You are toying and cracking the foundation. God honors covenants between men. He honors it. And if the foundation is faulty, there's nothing the righteous can do. You can fast and pray. Nothing will happen. You have to fix it. There are businesses that are on faulty foundations. Today, God will give you a way out in Jesus' name. So, we need to learn. If you look at this story of Saul, There are people here that in your family, your father and your grandfathers have agreed to take care of your cousins. And your cousins too have agreed that that's their lot in life. Let God bless you and let you come and take care of them. So your family has been prospering. And that family has been dependent on you. But you're like, who are these parasites? And you are cutting them off. It will affect you. Say, but pastor, what's my business with that? Ah, you have been roped in. So am I supposed to carry that load on my life? Nope. There's a way out. But you see, you cannot just terminate covenants anyhow. When covenants are wrongly terminated and broken, the consequences are devastating. You have to land that plane with 
wisdom, with understanding, and disentangle yourself from it. But you can't just wake up one day and cut yourself off. You can't. Is this the, is it, am I going too deep? Are you understanding it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't take anything for granted. Okay. Now, covenant between man and Satan. I mean, that is obvious. That's, a, that's like a no-brainer anyway. And a lot of people in power, they boast themselves. It's not new. Let me tell you something. Everybody that is in power, should I say this? Everyone that gets into power is anointed from an altar. Either from an altar of God or an altar of the devil. You don't just get there. If the devil anoints you and get there, die, go to hell, God can anoint you and you get there. So why don't you get God's anointing? Praise the name of the Lord. Isaiah 28, verse 14. It says, therefore, no, no, just, just, just listen to this. It says, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. You scoffers who rule the people in Jerusalem. These are the rulers and, and, and leaders in Jerusalem. It says, you boast, we have entered a covenant with death. With the realms of the dead, we have made an agreement. When the overwhelming scourge sweeps by, it cannot touch us. We are untouchables. I mean, have you just seen leaders that behave as if they are untouchable? Have you, have you seen? There's something they are depending on. There's something they are depending on. We have made a lie our refuge and falsehood our hiding place. So this is what the sovereign Lord says, listen, every leader, every political leader, every leader in Nigeria that has made covenants with the devil, that is boasting in it, this is what the Lord says. That covenant you are boasting in is broken. The things that you think cannot touch you will begin to touch you. can write today's date down, by the way. Not everybody's clapping. Some people, they're like, ah, pastor, my uncle is a chop this thing, though. <laughs> Maybe they pray this thing once for. <laughs> Tell your uncle to repent. End of story. That is, that the original, if you come and get the original, you know what they call original? Uh, so there are sorts of blood covenants, spirits, water spirits, go to bath in a, in a flowing river. They say that you want to bath. They are, co- they are covenanting you with, this, with, with water spirits. And there are people here that have gone to bath. And don't put up your hand. God will bath you today yeah. in the original bathing yeah. of the blood of the Lamb. There are festival gods. You know, I'm, I'm going very quickly again. There are festival gods. You know, oh, there's this festival in our town. You go, you go there. They are reenacting demon spirits. 
They are establishing their allegiances. I'm not saying that, oh, okay, so we say, oh, Africans, are we supposed to throw away our culture? I'm like, as much as you can celebrate culture without being spiritual and fetish, it's a thin line. Sometimes it's true food, sometimes it's true jewelry, sometimes it's true burial, and on and on and on and on. So, Pastor, how? You know, the, the three covenants, the covenant with God, if you don't have a covenant with God, open your hearts to God and let the covenant start today. Revisit the ones your parents have made. The ones you need to negotiate your way out, negotiate your way out. Covenant with men, re-examine your covenants with men. Let me tell you something. There were two girls, real life story, that in, in, in secondary school, they said that they would be best friends for life. And one innocent one girl, no sense. She didn't know that the other girl, Ogbonge, they said, okay, let us make a covenant. So they both chew gum and they went to hide it under one stone as their covenant that that one, but she says that that one will always be looking out for her. Of course, they lost contact. So obviously, the covenant was broken. She wasn't looking out for her. And she just had a series of problems. Until she came for a meeting like this. And God gave a word of knowledge. And boom! It came to her mind. And she was delivered. There was another man. This is even a pastor. His heart piled. Unexplainably. Meeting like this. Boom! God opened his eyes. There's a covenant that's existing. He broke it. Miracle, the, the pile left. There are things that have no business in your life. Today, they will pack their bags and go. In the name of Jesus. So what are the four hours to recovery? The four hours to recovery is one, you recognize, recognize that there's a problem here. Recognize there's a problem here. We've been praying God open our eyes to see as we ought to see. God will bring things to your memory. Number two, repent. Repent. Number three, renounce. And number four, resist, then you will recover. You need to recognize, you need to repent, you need to renounce, and you need to resist. You say, but pastor, you see, I should repent, but it's my grandfather that did that. You know, Derek Prince puts it accurately here. He says, you are not guilty for your ancestors' sin, but you are affected by them. Why you are not guilty for your ancestors' sins? You are affected by them. So you repent on their behalf because of yourself. You can't just stand and be claiming right. So you recognize, you repent, you renounce, you resist the devil. And that resisting is present continuous. It's present continuous. It's present continuous. Every time he wants to bring it up, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. And you recover all. And it's 
Scriptures has given us a clear path to recovery, a clear path for justification, scriptural basis. Galatians 3, 13, it says, Christ, now listen to this, Christ rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing, including that of your forefathers. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on the tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, us, with the same blessing as who? As Abraham. Hallelujah. All those sweet, 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 sweet things we have been reading about Abraham. Is our own. Jesus came to connect us back to Abraham. So when people say, oh, Old Testament, New Testament, I'm like, you don't even understand God. You don't understand the Bible. The Bible, there's no Old Testament and New Testament. It's the, it's the scriptures. The Jews would tell, tell you that it's the scriptures. It's a shadow of the things to come. If you see somebody's shadow, that means the person is close by. Jesus died to reconnect us to the blessing of Abraham. Why did he die to reconnect us to the blessing of Jesus? He connected us to the blessing of Abraham because in Abraham, God said, he says, I swear by myself. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply your seed. I will bless them that bless you. I will curse him that curses you. basis. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 to 14. It says, always thanking the God, um, the Father, he has enabled you to share in what? In the inheritance that belongs to his people who lived in the light for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has what? Transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom. That is so important. Jesus purchased our freedom. We have a receipt. You know, if, if police stops you and say, wait till you carry. I'll go see my receipt. Then, end of, end of story. We have been transferred. There are some of you before you came here, you were in the domain of the kingdom of darkness. But because of this service, you are going to be transferred to the kingdom of light. And when, when they come, after the service is over, they will come and look for you there. They will see transferred. They will check your location. They will say transferred. She's not here anymore. Transferred. And this is so powerful. If you were here at the, at the um, fifth anniversary celebration, when Pastor Yabami was running up the praise, the worship, she was talking about a fire incident that happened to somebody that was dead to her. 
this person that was dead to her, fire will just break out in her house mysteriously. In five houses and how many locations? From Ibadan. I don't want to tell you where, I don't want to tell you where, where, they, where they went. But she would just be in the house, boom, fire, and the fire does not stop until it burns the house down. She moves to a, another place, boom, the fire will, from nowhere. <laughs> if you say there's no supernatural, don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. The fire will just start, boom. She came to back in the day, and fire started there. Boom. I was there. We had to stop the fire in the name of Jesus. And the fire stopped. But that's, you know, stopping the fire is not solving the problem. So, she came to the office. The person involved, Reverend Colley, was there. And we had set up intercessors. Listen, she went to to a place that is a church, to the hotel of the church. That church caught fire. Abby? So the prophetic direction was to have four people hold a, a white cloth. And we said, Mama, use your leg to walk into that cloth. Because he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. So my wife began to move. Slowly, by yourself. It took maybe 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. She got under that tabernacle. It was a physical tabernacle. You can look at it and say, what are they doing? Is it under the cloth? And the address changed. That was the end of the fire. You, you know why? Because when the, the principalities, those are principalities' action. Those are not small, small demons. In other words, if you like, leave Ibadan. Go to Kutuwenji or Kafancha. They just connect to the principality in that place and execute. They came and they, they looked for her and they said to, they saw transferred. Transferred. You are going to be transferred. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, now be my. Jesus, the big man, who don't know I'm collapsing on board. Jesus, the big man, who don't know I'm collapsing on board. Jesus, the big man, Jesus, the big man, who don't know I'm collapsing on board. Jesus, the big man, who don't know I'm collapsing on board. And guess what? I checked this covenant. Of Abraham, I checked it inside out. There is no poverty there. 
Look, look, I'm telling you. When I gave my life to Jesus, I was ready for poverty. I was ready to just serve God. I didn't care about money. I, I, I still don't really care about money at all. I mean, I really don't. I was like, it's easy for me to give any amount to it by God's grace. But I saw that there's no poverty in this thing. So I have no business. I have no business to be poor. No business. Listen, I'm here to announce to you, you have no business being poor. If, if, if you are not a part of this covenant today, I'm not stopping you. You will be a part of this covenant. I checked. I checked. I checked this covenant. I looked at it. Well, well. There's no demonic oppression inside. I checked it. There are no curses inside. In fact, it says anyone that curses you is cursed. My brother, my sister, I checked. There's no sickness inside. It says you will serve the Lord your God. You will bled your bread and your waters. And you will not put any of these diseases upon you. I checked. There's no stagnation. It says you will grow. Exit grew. And it became great. And it became exceedingly great. That rock that never fails. Oh, let me hide in you. Let's let's bow down our hearts, bow our heads. Let's sing this. Let's sing that song. Never fails. That never fails. Let me hide in you. Let me hide in you. In you there is power. Now, as, as we bow our heads, as you think about these things, I want you to focus. Some of you, God is showing you things you need to deal with. You are here. Your foundation determines what you can carry. The reason you can't embrace that breakthrough, your foundation is faulty. You're saying, Pastor, how can I be a part of this covenant? How can I? Oh, oh, I used to be a part of this covenant. I have gone back. I don't see the fruit. I want to pray for you this morning. You're saying, Pastor, my foundation is cracked. It's tampered with, I can see, it's not properly laid. I want a fresh covenant with God. I want to pray with you. I say, Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. I used to be with God. I've broken the covenant. I want to come back today. I'm tired of poverty. I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired. Put up your hand wherever you are. Quickly, God bless you. Over here, over there, over there, over there. God bless you. Do, do we have an overflow? 
At the overflow, put up your hands. The ushers will attend to you. Keep the hands up. Over there. Over there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. Over here in front. That's, the, that's me, my brother. That's, that's God bless you, my brother. That's me. Oh, my sister over there. My brother over there. At the overflow, keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. That's me. At the back right there. Way, 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 way at the back. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. They are going to slip a card in your hand. It's okay. Most, but cry to God. Keep the hands up. Pastor, that is me. That is me. I want to come into the covenant of Abraham. I'm not a part of this covenant. I want to become a part. God bless you. God bless you at the overflow. I can see you. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. And connect to God. Connect to God. Connect to God. That is me. Keep the hands up. Right there at the back. Right there at the back. Right there in that corner. Right there in that corner. Right there in front. Right there in front. Right there over here. Right there where we are at the back. If you have the card, I want you to get up on your feet and come forward. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Covenant is about to be struck. The covenant is about to be struck. Get up on your feet and come forward. That is you. From the overflow, keep coming. You want to hide in that rock. That rock that never fails. Come forward, come forward, come forward. Let me hide in you. Come forward, keep coming, keep coming. From the overflow, keep coming. We are waiting for you. You are saying, Pastor, can I join them? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Get up. God bless you. Get up and come. Get up and come. I want to come under the covering of the Most High God. I have broken this covenant. God bless you, sir. I like your boldness. God bless you, my brother. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you, my sister, for your courage. Get up. Get up and come. Come, come, come. I'm coming to Jesus. Yes. Thank you, sir, for your boldness. Thank you. Collect the card. Thank you for your courage. Come and break this covenant that you have with the enemy. Come and thank you for your courage, my sister. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your courage. Come. From the overflow, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Thank you, sir. God, we honor your courage. Thank you, my sister. Thank you, my sister. You are stepping out of the old. You are stepping into the new. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Keep coming. Keep coming. I have broken this covenant. I have gone, gone back to the world. I have gone back. I need to come back. Get up. God bless you, my brother. God, it takes courage to do it. God bless your courage. God bless you, my brother. It takes courage. It takes courage to do it. God bless you. God bless you, my sister. Keep coming. Keep, keep coming. Keep coming. I don't have a card. Can I come? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Please get up on your feet and walk. Walk out of the old and walk straight into the new. Maizahita Kayeze Vahazede. Makeze Titani Andele Kivasa Hande. Oh! Oh, that rock that never fails. Let me hide in you. Let me hide in you. There is fire. You know, I'm really, I'm really fired up in my spirit. I'm really, really excited. Because destinies are changing for good. Okay, let me, let me just share this with you. You know, at the vigil, God showed us a buried destiny that was opened and the image of a man representing destiny got up, right? 
And this, when I came on the stage, the scene continued and it was, it was dusted and all that. But when I got home, the man was just standing. I was saying to, to the Holy Spirit, why is this man just standing? And he said, tomorrow. And guess what? Right now, the man is dancing. <laughs> Hallelujah! That rock that never fails. Those of us that are seated, can you stretch forth your hands, please, to these lovely people? If you are in front, I want you to use your mouth and say, Father, have mercy upon me. Today, I repent of my sins. And I come to you. And I accept Jesus afresh. If you have setting him anew, and I accept Jesus anew, today, I come with my hands stretched out to my Father. Accept me, O oh God. Translate me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dead son. And so shall it be. If you're, let's, let's pray for them. Let's pray for them that the shackles will be broken, that the shackles will be totally, totally destroyed, that all oh, translation is taking place, that this one will be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That the covenant, the covenant of Abraham, the covenant of Abraham will be released into this life. The fullness of the covenant of Abraham. Thank you, Father. And so shall it be.